I would like to know what it's like to go through the process itself. You know how, especially I think most listeners would like to know how quickly you feel like your old self again and when it's kind of behind you because we, we want to feel optimistic about our chances when we go through something like this. A lot of people that I've talked to, and trust me, I hear from people now who I did not even know had a stent or had angiogram, angioplasty. Uh, they say, so uh, did you suddenly feel a burst of energy because now your heart's working better? And I'll say, actually, no. They did. I didn't. I don't feel any additional energy from before the procedure. I maybe feel a little bit better psychologically because now I know that where I had issues with the heart, 85% blocked vessel, by the way, uh, that now the stent is going to theoretically fix that. But I didn't get that burst of energy that many people said they did. You only had one stent done. Mm -hmm. Yes. And oh, there was only one. It was the it was the left anterior descending, the LAD they call it. That's the one that was blocked. When they went in, they checked and they said all the other vessels are fine. Well, that's wonderful news because most of the people I've had as friends who've had this procedure have had several done at a time, five, eight. Um, it's pretty healthy I'd think that you only had one that was in trouble well one of the risk factors they talk to you about and trust me when they mess with your heart <laughs> there's a long list of risk factors but they say that we think we can go in and a stent will fix it but they don't know what they're gonna find until they get in there and they said that if that blockage is at a particular place like where I think they said where there's a, a, a junction or a curve or a turn in the vessel that's when bypass may be necessary. And you had to basically sign off on the possibility that when they go in there, they might have to break you open and do bypass surgery, whether it's you know triple bypass, quadruple, whatever the number is. But as it turned out, they were right. They looked, they got what they expected to find when they went up there, and 40 minutes later, I'm in the recovery room. That's, that's really a miracle compared to, you know, when our grandparents were around, mm -hmm. uh, they just wouldn't have had that second chance or third chance or how many down the road it is so the morning or the the period of time you woke up after it was over did you feel okay except for pain in the terrible pain in the wrist I never woke up I never went to sleep oh, that's right I was that's wide right. awake during the okay. whole thing I the only thing they drugged up was my right arm and that was interesting too because they tell you that whatever they shot at, well actually they used Novocaine most of us think Novocaine for dental procedures, but they said that when we put this up there, it's going to feel like your wrist just touched a hot stove. And by golly, he shoots the thing up there, and I thought my wrist just touched a hot stove. And then there was something else they put up there that made it feel cold for a while. And that was just a matter of 15, 30 seconds. You know, that wasn't a big deal at all. And so now, where are they going to do the insertion? It's all pretty much numbed up, and the rest of me is wide awake. And I was able to watch what's going on. There were four TV monitors in the room. Two of them were graphs, like EKGs, and two of them were... I guess what this thing is showing inside. You know what a curious guy I am, and if I knew what I was looking at, I would have paid more attention to it, but I couldn't really tell what it was. The bottom line is they knew what they were looking at, and that's all that mattered. But I didn't pay much attention to the TV monitors because I didn't know what I was looking at anyway. So I just sort of sat there, and their arm is clamped down. They don't want it moving during that procedure. And when they were done, they unhooked me, and they rolled me in the recovery room, and I was joking with one of the nurses there because they didn't have a room for me for a while, so I had to stay longer. And, yeah, my wrist was sore, but I felt fine. So how, how many nights did you spend in the hospital? Two. 
the original plan was the procedure was going to be on January 27th, the day of blizzard number one. Now, that gets postponed to February 2nd, the day of blizzard number two. That was a Monday, Groundhog Day. Well, the ticker didn't wait until Monday. I had a different kind of chest pain, not the ones I'd had for the prior month or so. This was longer lasting, different parts of the chest, not just that one five-inch area under the chin. I felt them at 8 o'clock that morning. They would come and go. It was noon. I was about to leave here and go to the hospital. And then it went away, so I went home. Now I go home. I'm sitting on a recliner doing nothing, typing on my laptop, and they came back. The other times, it had been after some mild exertion, like walking or whatever. And at that point, I said, time to go. So maybe there I get points because at that point, I realized this is the time to do it. it. I drove myself to the emergency department at Wyndham Hospital. Cindy's shaking her head because there are people that say you shouldn't do that. But I didn't feel the pain was that intense at that point in time. And again, it wasn't pain. It was more of a pressure, more of a sensation, but it did not hurt. And I go to the ED, and I will tell you this, that the I've done programs with the emergency department at Wyndham Hospital. I haven't had to go there for 35 years. But I know they've gotten great patient reaction there. Well, I give them great reaction, too, because they were tremendous. I couldn't believe how good they were at the ED at Wyndham Hospital. They rushed me right in. Now, maybe any 66-year-old guy with chest pains, they rushed right in. So maybe that wasn't a surprise. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, but they t- and so they did a bunch of testing and x-rays and blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. And about two hours later, I'm on an ambulance going down Route 6 to Hartford Hospital. At that point, didn't have any chest pains at all. And the, the guy that was uh, on the ambulance, he's based in Manchester. He and I were joking about everything from football to heart surgery. He, that ambulance, by the way, is the one they use at Rensselaer Field for UConn football games. So right away, I'm thinking, I'm saying, oh, you ever take players that are hurt to the hospital? He says, nope, but we take drunk fans to the hospital a lot. So here's Rensselaer, opens in 2003. He's never taken a player, but he's taken drunk fans. Things like that I remember from the drive to the hospital. So I get to Harford Hospital. I'm on a gurney in an emergency room for 15 hours before they can find a room for me. And then the following day, Saturday, they get me in a room, and they were going to do my procedure in the afternoon, and it kept getting pushed back and back, and you're wondering, oh, gosh, they're going to put me off till Sunday. And now you got a blizzard coming on Monday, and that means that I have to get a ride home because you can't drive yourself home. Do I, can I get a ride during a blizzard? Well, apparently someone came into the hospital with a more urgent case than mine, like maybe a heart attack, and they put him before me. But finally at 5.30, I went in there, and I was out of there by 6.30 or so and back to the room. Spent the night, and they said I'd be out by 11. As it turned out, I was out by 3 on Super Bowl Sunday, and I was home and watched Super Bowl that night. Minor pain in the wrist. I uh, couldn't do much with my right hand the night of the actual procedure, but the next day, most of the pain was gone. That's, that's a very heartwarming story. It's good to hear good how, how well it went. Yeah. Heartwarming. I like that. And by the way, on our website is a picture of my right arm in my hospital room after the procedure. You will see the IV in my elbow, and then you will see all this green stuff. On my wrist, I look like Shrek. I wrote some emails, maybe to you too. I said uh, I signed it as Shrek. 
it turns out all the green stuff is is disinfectant, but it didn't come off right away. It came off within a couple of days of washing and so forth. Most important thing about that picture, though, is not the IV. That's pretty standard stuff. But it's this clear wristband that you can see around my wrist, and there's a little tube hanging off it. That tube is what they stick the air pressure into and then release the air pressure. So that pressure, I believe, they were putting it right on the incision so it healed up and didn't cause any uh, any bleeding issues there. And that was taken by me. There's your selfie inside the hospital room at Hartford Hospital. And by the way, the Wyndham Hospital ER was great, and the folks at Hartford Hospital are great too. So thumbs up to Hartford HealthCare. I'm, I'm glad you got all that good medical help. Certainly the outcome looks wonderful. Um, do you have any advice for health professionals in a, in a general theme, something you might have been told or warned about or some way they could have uh, made you more comfortable? No, I think uh, in my case, I think everything they said would happen did happen. Obviously no complications, but they did set the stage for, yes, there are a possibility for that. I got eight pages of discharge papers, which includes medication and how to take care of the incision thing, and that stuff's all past history now. However, I went for a routine, previously scheduled teeth cleaning yesterday, and when I told the doctor's office, the dentist's office about it, they basically said, whoa, and they called my doctor, and they said, we can't do this now. I had no idea there was any problem with this, and I wasn't told about that. And from what I read on the web, there's two schools of thought. One is it's not a problem, but they wanted to play it safe yesterday, so I didn't get my teeth cleaned yesterday. Apparently, if I, from a non-medical standpoint, can explain this, that when you get your teeth cleaned, there is blood in the mouth, there's bacteria in the mouth, and if the bacteria gets in the bloodstream and that bacteria goes to the stent, which hasn't yet fully assimilated in the heart, it could cause issues. So being safe rather than sorry, they said, let's put this off. They did say, though, that if they had known in advance, I could have had an antibiotic an hour in advance and could have had the procedure, the teeth cleaning yesterday. Nobody told me that. However, I've read on the web since that time, didn't know to look it up beforehand, that there's two schools of thought. One says it's not an issue, and others say you might have to wait as long as three months. Mine will be two months, I guess it is. Nobody told me that, and I just felt that on this charge that should have been included. Or maybe maybe the folks at our hospital are on that school of thought that do not think it is an issue. And that's about the only thing as far as what I wasn't told. But I'll, I'll brush my teeth and floss and get them clean later on. Well, I'm, I'm and maybe take. Oh, what I also heard yesterday, by the way, yeah. is that now for any invasive procedure for the rest of my life, and that includes dental hygienist. Probably now I'll have to be on amoxicillin or some kind of antibiotic. For a short period, Col just before. Beforehand, yeah. A colonoscopy, any of that kind of stuff for that same reason. Didn't have to do it before, mm -hmm. but one of the many lifestyle changes that this has brought on. Well, thank goodness it's just a matter of taking a little pill for a short time, and, and uh, you'll handle that, and I'm sure do terrifically. I think that'll be fine. And, and we began the program by saying that one reason that I wanted to do this show is to, A, let people know that there is a new way to do angioplasty, and that's through the wrist, which many people who had it through the groin weren't aware of. And in a sense, they heard how simple it was for me, and they actually were a little jealous of it. I call it Venus envy. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing was the idea about having 
chest pains checked out, especially as you get older. I think that there are people, especially what's going on now with all the snow and people shoveling snow and so forth, but I don't think, while I did get them checked out, I could have gone on longer with this. And again, I was a ticking time bomb. And I think there's a message there that this is a pretty serious thing. And I might have been lucky. I was lucky. And I recognize that now. And hopefully what I'm saying this morning might save other people's lives. Well, I, I hope so too, Wayne. We are the baby boom group. And uh, as as we age, um, our sedentary lifestyles and other choices we make along the way are going to have different impacts, especially depending on heredity. But I think you've done a wonderful service by allowing me to interview you this morning, and I thank you very much. Forty-five years of working at WILI, and this is the first time I have been the morning show guest. And, Cindy, you were pretty good. You, you know, maybe when I'm off on a basketball trip, you can be, sit on this side of the studio. I'm not so good with technology. I think I'd push the wrong buttons. You'd never hear the weather or a commercial. You just turn the mic on and turn the mic off. That's all there is to it. Oh, okay. I'll be glad yeah. to help.